You're listening to I Watch That, a podcast about all things movies, TV, and pop culture. If you like what you hear, share this with your friends. We hope you enjoy and look forward to discussing more in today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's 2023. Welcome to the first episode of 2023. I I Watch That. Yes. Episode number 14. We're, yeah. we're making progress. We're making this progress. Is... Sorry it's been a while. It's been a long time. What's because been... we've been gone. Yeah, well, how was... What have you been up to, Ethan? Well, I... <laughs> I went on a cruise yeah. over Christmas. That was and fun. And then they went somewhere else, too. Probably Disney. Well, for a day. Let me tell you real quick, just right off the top. Um, never go to Disney the week after Christmas. We knew it was, like, the most crowded time of the year because yeah. everybody gets over christmas regardless but i never knew how crowded we went to three parks we did a park hopper in just all in one day in one day yeah and we went to epcot and did not ride a single thing because each ride the wait time was at least two hours even for Remy's cr- attitude everything everything and so we literally went to epcot and just walked around yeah. Um. We ate at like one of because they had the festival of the holidays stuff, so they had special food there, and so I did eat some of that. Wow. And then we went to the shop, and I got Loki scepter. And then we went to Hollywood Studios instead because I wanted to try to ride Rise of the Resistance. Did you I see? didn't. How I could have, but we were just tired at the end of the day. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad when we first got there, but he, the reason we really went was because Fantasmic was happening. They finally brought it back, and yeah. when I went in July, it wasn't back yet. So we wanted to see Fantastic because they added new stuff. Was it good? It was so good. It was so Nerd good. alert. It was, I'm a nerd. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, it was so good. So yeah, that was what I did over yeah. this break. What did you do? Um, So I just like went home. Got to rest. <laughs> yes. I didn't go on any cruise. I didn't go Sorry. on any um, trips to Disney, which I'm jealous about. No, right. went just was, went home, rested, flew to Dallas, went to Passion Conference. Yeah. Had a good time. Spent the new year in Dallas, Texas. Always a good time. Everything's bigger in Texas, you know. Bye. That's what I'm realizing. And then just Bye. came back here, you know. I just think time has moved so fast. But yeah. now that we're entering this new year, there's so much to look forward to. But before we can look forward to about next year. We want to look back. We have to take some steps back. We have to reflect. We do. We have to ponder. Because a lot of movies came out. A we lot of good a lot movies. Of movies. And a, and a lot, lot of bad ones. movies. And so, welcome to our best and worst of 2022 for search optimization reasons. <laughs> We're going to call it that. But really, it is our favorites and least favorites when yeah. it comes down to yeah. it. Like, we, film is subjective. We are not the ones oh, who... Yeah. Who decide what is good and I bad. I mean, I think we were sitting here talking about how Pulp Fiction, one of the highest yeah. rated movies, is not good. I definitely think our taste is very subjective, and so you're going to see that in our reviews, yeah. but that's what makes it fun. Yeah, that's, and so this is our list. Yeah. It's not everyone's list. We would would love to hear yours. Yeah. Um, if that's even possible. If I might see I if that... Know. I don't even Maybe know. Maybe eventually. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to go right off to our top 10 worst. We're going to start a, start negatively so we can end There's a lot of experiences that I had this year in the theater where I walked out and I was just like, yeah. no. Some some in the theaters, there were sometimes we were sitting in this on apartment. The couch and we just started scrolling on our phones and getting and bored. I said, And when it ended, I said, why did we click play? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's one in particular that... Really, it really I don't, is like that. The, the movies that I see um, that I'm thinking are the worst of the year, or just like I didn't really like, 
were all movies that I think we saw in theaters. I have uh, three streaming ones. Okay, so, we'll so get let's get started to it. Let's... I have two honorable mentions. Okay, I don't have quick. any honorable mentions. Two honorable I just mentions. Wrote this list, so. Um, so my first honorable mention is actually um, where did it go? Oh, Armageddon time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. That was I not did, a bad movie. I didn't like it. I'm Tell sorry. Me why. I, it was just the kids. They were so annoying and so um, so mean. But, the, but there was just no... Everybody sucked except for Anthony Hopkins, honestly, in the movie. And not like the way was great. Not like performance-wise. Sure. They're fine. just... their characters. Fine. They sucked as people. And so I didn't like them. Fine. Yeah. So that's one. And then... What is... God. It wasn't that bad of a movie, though. So I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. But like it wasn't good. Maybe the experience of it being like the second movie of a three day movie day that we yeah maybe saw it. Maybe that was what made it good. Maybe and then ugh, I had another one and now I just can't remember it. And so that's sad. So that's my one honorable mention. And so now I'll start with my top ten. Okay. And so we'll just go. I'll number go ten. You up. go ten. Yeah. Okay. Go first. And we'll just go back and forth. So my number ten worst movie of the year. Throwback. The outfit. Oh my god! So the outfit is this movie. It has Mark Rylance in it, uh, Dylan O'Brien. You, you, that was a bad movie for you. I thought it was decent. It's not terrible, but when it came down to it, it felt like it. I understand it was self-contained in the sense that, like, it was meant to be like a bottled movie, and that where it all took place in one setting, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. However. It really just became, let's talk about things that have happened instead of yeah. actually doing things. Yeah. And so, like, people would come into Mark Rylance's character's place where he is Taylor stuff. Yeah. And they would talk about things that they're doing or things that are happening. And, like, one of the biggest rules of movies in general, but especially to me, is, like, is show, don't tell. Yeah. And so it really felt like the movie, they were just telling me what was happening instead of showing it to me. And so nothing really of substance happened yeah. until true. the end. And so that was one of the reasons and why it's in my top ten worst. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see here. My top like ten worst is <laughs> Black Adam. <laughs> no! Not Black Adam. Dude, Black Adam. I mean, I was in a great mood that whole day because that was the night before Taylor Swift's album dropped. <laughs> but like the script of Black Adam, Black Adam himself, there's just no attachment to the character yeah. for you to be like... Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for Black Adam to, like, turn good or, like, do something good. But he's still bad the whole time, yeah. and, like, it leaves on an ominous note. Yeah. I just think it wasn't a strong movie. It was working against itself in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think it was delayed for so long yeah. that it just became a movie <clears throat> that you show up and you watch, and you're like, this is not, yeah. like, entertaining. Yeah. So. And, you know, it failed at the box office, even though Dwayne Johnson said it didn't. And I yeah. was like, Dwayne, don't die on mm-hmm. that hill. Mm-hmm. And so now, hopefully, James Gunn will revisit all. So, we so yeah. yeah. What is okay, number? That's good. What is the ninth worst my, movie? You're gonna hate me. My ninth one is Marcel the Shell. What the <laughs> heck is wrong with you? Like, are you absolutely kidding me? Okay, now I want to defend myself because some people love Marcel the Shell and said say it's like one of the best animated movies of the year. I'm not going to deny that. Um, you you do you. My reason was the trailer sold me on a story that the movie actually wasn't. Yeah. And so I was going in thinking it would be like this, you know, cross the country with a shell kind yeah. of thing, looking for his parents. And that's yeah. not at all what it was. Um, it was more documentary kind of style, which I know apparently is what the YouTube videos were. I never saw yeah. the YouTube videos, so maybe that's on me. 
it just ultimately the movie was boring. Yeah. As cute as Marcel was, and I rem- I cried when I watched the trailer. I remember it because Marcel was so cute, and it was a genuinely funny movie. Like I laughed. Oh a lot. yeah, it was cute. But ultimately, like about halfway through it, I was so bored. Like I went up to the bathroom, like go to the bathroom, because obviously it was Alamo Draft House. I couldn't go to my phone. That's I right. went <laughs> to oh, go yeah. to the bathroom just so I could have a moment to like try to make it through the movie. See, it didn't. It's not on my best list at all. But it didn't move terribly slow, though. Okay. <laughs> you know, this is why we had to preface that we, just have just, we have just different tastes in film. But that's what makes us all great. Yeah. You'll be kind of shook about my ninth okay. worst movie here. This was after a lot of reflection, <laughs> oh, no. but bones and all. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> I remember we talked about this on our podcast. It had some great stylistic elements. It. it had some great stylistic elements to it. But, like, as I thought about it, I'm like, you know, it really is about cannibalism. And it really, <laughs> it is, really is about is. two cannibals falling in love. And they yeah. killed about, I think, four people throughout <laughs> the movie through cannibalism. Yeah. Now, apparently, my cousin loved this movie. I talked about it Christmas really? Eve, and I was just like, is, I hated this, really? this movie. And he was like, it was amazing. I'm like, who yeah. are you? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also on my worst list somewhere, so I'll give my thoughts when we get yeah. to it. But, yeah. You know. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was just, I just don't think, at the end of the day, I could have stood behind the cannibalistic, um, yeah. like, Oof. all of Ethan's many clothes. Hey, it could also be the last time you hear that, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say Bones and All, upon okay, reflection. Yeah. All right. Well, my number eight is Disney's live-action Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. number so, eight. That's number eight? Yeah. Oh, so, it's on my list, but it's not really? number eight. Okay. So, Disney's live-action Pinocchio. Here's the thing. Disney should... We This was an odd year where we had two animated or, like, recreations mm-hmm. of Pinocchio. And, Very interesting. And Disney, the company that popularized the character, mm-hmm. that made like him what he is, should be embarrassed that this movie T. came out the same year as Guillermo del Toro's. Because this one, there's just no life. They changed so many charming things from the animated movie. Um, and now I will say, like I, when we reviewed it, like the Pleasure Island stuff is really fun. Mm-hmm. But, like... I watched one guy during his, like, top ten worst, actually, and this was on his, and he talked about, like, the first one was about, like, a, it was honestly about a kid learning right and wrong through, like, life yeah. experience. Um, and this movie really does take away a lot of that. Like, the Pleasure yeah. Island stuff, how they turn into donkeys in the animated movie is different than how they did it. And so these kids never learn anything because they yeah. were doing I mean, back then, definitely objectively bad things. And so they took it out in this one. Oh, no, we don't want to show that in the children's movie. But then it does nothing really happens. It doesn't, the kid doesn't learn anything. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's my number eight. Yeah. It's on my list. I'll give my thoughts when we get there. Yeah. Um, but you're not wrong. Yeah. Okay, don't peek at my list, little dirty dog. Um, my number eight is actually Spirited. Really? With Will Ferrell and um, blinking, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it's not on any of my lists. But I know. Um, I crazy. just like remember okay. it being like I was just so bored, 
Okay. And also, I just made this list, and I just saw that <laughs> movie, and it striked out to yeah. be a movie that I was just like, oh, that, like, really bored me. Yeah. So, Spirited, I just thought it was, it was fun. It was, did you see it? Yeah, I watched okay. it. It's not on either of my lists. Like, it's a mid movie. Okay. It was fun. It was enjoyable. It was something that, like, I had a good time with, but at its core, I just kind of felt like... It was trying to be that Christmas movie that we were wanting mm-hmm. that hasn't been out yeah. in a while, and I thought that was doing a little too much for me, a little much for me, to be honest. In these streets, so in the streets. yeah. All right. What was your number? My number seven is Morbius. So Morbi- tell me why I forgot all about Morbius. That literally Morbius is n- not good. Um, it's not good. It was I didn't a movie even know they held for years, and I don't know why. Because if they knew it was this bad why would you yeah. hold on to it yeah um it really it's just not good like when I, it comes I, down to it I, like it's hard for me to talk about like the special effects like all the vampire stuff I remember we saw this together cool. right yeah we yeah. saw it together i just forgot that this came out this year yeah that's all it's, it wasn't no, on my it's list just not, matt smith thank god for house of the dragon because that saved him because like this movie like really has hurt people the michael keaton in credit scene i saw some guys say it was l- the worst performance of the year like he, it was so phoned in. Yeah. And like when he replayed a clip from that movie, I was like, "Wow, that really is even more phoned." Yeah. In yeah. Than I thought it was. Um. So yeah, I just it's just not good, and like it ended so abruptly, and I I remember sitting there and like it, and he flies out of a hole and black, and I'm like, that's it, and like yeah, in the aftermath of a Spider-Man No Way Home, like Sony fumbled hard, and it. Right now, it doesn't look like they're going to fix anything. We'll see when yeah. the trailers for, like, Craven or Madam Web come out. But what's your number seven? Firestarter. Ooh, I never saw that one. Yeah, so that's, that's a Bloomhouse production movie, so it's not like you can expect much from that movie anyway. <laughs> but I just remember I turned it on. It was on Peacock, and I was, like, watched half of it, and I said, this is the stupidest thing <laughs> that I've ever seen. And so I that's why I gave it a um, number seven. I just thought it was... Yeah. If I saw it in the theaters, maybe, but I just thought it was mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. But anyway, right. not much to really add because I don't even yeah. think I finished it. Yeah. So anyway, right. my number six is Disenchanted. Oh, um, I never watched yeah. that. So in a world that. of where sequels should be building on the original and like bigger and better, and some like this did the opposite, which at f- at first I hated. Now, yeah. like in retrospect, it's not a bad thing if a sequel does that; it changes direction. However, like. This really did feel like a made-for-TV kind of movie. Yeah. Whereas the first one was a theatrical movie, and so it felt like one. It was grand in scope, but everything about this felt like it was shot on the soundstage. Yeah. The music just is not as good. Um, I believe James Marsden and Idina Menzel are great. They're stars. Yeah. The young girl that plays the daughter in this, she does a good job. Everyone else, it just yeah. it wasn't good. And how do you have um, Maya Rudolph and not let her be funny? Yeah. I, I just yeah. don't know. I never watched that movie because I think I was going to, but just like I saw all the reactions and I was just like, this is not, this is not turning to be a movie that I think is worth my time. Yeah. All right. You're number six. Jurassic World Dominion. (gasps) (laughs) Dude, make the third Jurassic World movie and a franchise and not have it be about dinosaurs like you're kidding me have it be about bugs that's the stupidest thing i've ever watched and the final like the final scene with all the dinosaurs it was one dinosaur that was like a 
prowling and attacking. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's the same shot of another dinosaur mm-hmm. defeating the other dinosaur. I'm like, dude, we've seen this movie before. <laughs> and wow. so it's like, if this is dinosaurs roaming the earth, the trailers that I saw, they were at the drive-ins. Yeah. They were doing like all, they were like attacking everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you could have done mm-hmm. so much better with that premise. Mm-hmm. But they decided, I think, to make a narrative about the a commentary about the environment (laughs) and just like taking care of the planet Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, bro, we have seen this before. That's what I'm saying. So I liked it more than you did. I mean, I like it wasn't bad in the sense like there was some good character development, some good character qualities. Just I was just like, come on, man. Like it was not good. Anyway, number five is Strange World. So, oh. so, did you watch this, it again on Disney Plus? I didn't, but I just don't like it. We we've gone we went extensively in this review, so I won't go watch that or listen to that. Uh, I watched that, anyways. Like it really is just checking boxes. The movie and representation. Of the movie. None of it felt natural, except for that one girl in the wheelchair. I thought that was the one. I was like, that's good. Good job. I loved her. I watch it again for that scene. But I love re- her. But the rest of it, it was like <coughs> blatantly me. obvious. Went okay. We know what you're doing. Um, strange world the representation yeah, movie is no. just, yeah and like if it it's based off serialized storytelling if it yeah. would have been like a series it may have been given the time to do that better yeah. but it wasn't it just wasn't good and like this is I will say objectively like a bad movie I don't know anybody that liked this movie but it's also the only and I mean the only Disney animated movie in the history of the company like since they released Snow White and Seven Dwarves that did not make an A cinema score. Really? Yeah. Dang. Dang. That's bad. You're number five. And just, I think the saddest part about that whole movie is that it was from the director of Big Hero 6. Yeah. Moment of silence, because that's my favorite <laughs> Disney animated movie. Oh, okay. Halloween ends. <laughs> oh, okay. That, actually, that would probably be another honorable mention for me. Because, like, honestly, yeah. that was a terrible ending to that, ter- like, franchise. And I thought the cool thing like it being like a copycat thing i thought that was interesting but not mm-hmm. for the last movie like it was just it just like it the yeah like yeah. we were watching the movie together yeah. like we watched it and at, we did the stream at home option mm-hmm. and um Which, at that point in the year you should have been a sign that it was bad because at that point who does honestly when it's <laughs> let's let's be real when it says that it's streaming, like, you can watch the movie, and it's now streaming on Peacock and the theater, mm-hmm. you know it's going to be a bad movie. I don't know, because that's the trend that I see. Yeah. Maybe except for Hunk for Jesus Save Your Soul, but that wasn't a bad <laughs> movie. It was slow and not yeah. that enjoyable, but, like... very mainstream, honestly. Yeah, but it just, like, you build up this franchise for so long, and you hype it up, and you just bring back Michael Myers, and mm-hmm. you just want to have this introduction, in- introduction of this mm-hmm. character back, and it just kind of falls flat yeah. in the end and like of course you see the ending there's some great scenes of jamie lee curtis kind of yeah. bringing it all to an end and she has her own development as a character which is fine and great but ultimately it's kind of like yeah. what are we doing here yeah. like you know what i mean yeah yeah all right my number four amsterdam that's my number four too <laughs> no, uh, i'm okay, not so kidding you that's hilarious okay so amsterdam <laughs> wow amsterdam we didn't even finish the movie we walked out of it to go see lyle lyle crocodile i swear if that's on your top 10 list <laughs> it's not, it's not. i thought i thought about you it thought about it i thought about it oh um, my gosh. but we didn't even finish it but i didn't feel like i missed a single thing it was just not entertaining. i was so bored and now i will say awful. we haven't seen babylon 
I have a feeling that if we would have, it would probably be in my top ten worst. I wish I saw it. Um, however, like, to. Margot Robbie has now had two flops back to back. Like, Barbie needs to be a success for her. But it's just, I don't know. Like, how do you have a cast like that and fumble it so hard? Like, it is just, it's it a was, bad yeah. script. I, it was just weird. It I was mean. just so odd. Like, the yeah. whole movie itself was just odd yeah. and weird and just, like, not good. I had no idea what was going on. Honestly, I had no idea what was going on the whole time. And I <laughs> thought I was paying attention, but I was just there for Taylor Swift. You literally. Anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah. that's... I think that's all we really, we really, we really need to say about that. Yeah. Just so. don't watch it. All right, my number three, Moonfall. I just forgot all about these movies in January yeah. that were awful. So, this was pre-podcast days. We went and saw Moonfall. This A lot of these movies were disaster, pre-podcast days. Disaster flick. Um, and I, like, was kind of sold for the majority of it. Like, I like the disaster, them trying to get to space. But then once they get to the moon completely lost me it was like every minute they, yeah. they were like losing a percentage of a star because yeah. like it just got became weird and like this alien stuff and it i just did not like it and it ended really weird and so initially this was supposed to be like a trilogy or whatever and i it was it cost a lot of money and they lost a lot of money it yeah. was just not good yeah um oh my gosh i remember that movie that was yeah. just a wild yeah. experience a wild ride all right my number three is pinocchio Okay. Well, I just did not like yeah. it. Yeah. It was just odd. I think they tried too hard with yeah. it. You put Tom Hanks in that role that oh, Tom Hanks yo. can do because he can do one of those roles. Yeah. It just kind of, yeah. it kind of just felt like something for Disney Plus to do to kind of yeah. diversify their streaming service yeah. and just be something that um, I think I don't know. It just I didn't. I thought some of elements of it were fun, yeah. but I think. It just wasn't good, and maybe that's due to the fact that the Pinocchio story itself, in the mm-hmm. day and age that we're living in, mm-hmm. and we're ex- like, and what we experience as individuals, maybe the story itself is just not a good story yeah. for us to like really process now. Or maybe they just changed too much. Who knows? Like the Pinocchio that came out, the new one, um, mm-hmm. isn't bad. At, isn't bad at mm-hmm. all. It, it's not in my top ten list, but I think it's a very good movie. Mm-hmm. But I think the new Pinocchio, I think, hits at this element of. Pinocchio being someone who's mm-hmm. on a journey of self-discovery. Yeah. And so Pinocchio's journey of self-discovery yeah. in the live-action Disney one yeah. just felt very kiddish when yeah. self-discovery is a very important <clears throat> thing. Yeah. And so right. that's just my two My number two is Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Oh, my gosh. This movie I didn't think it was that bad. Sucked. I hated it. I was so bored the entire time. No, it wasn't that That, that is what the movie in particular I was referencing earlier. Where I was like, why did we click play? Yeah. Like, it, well, it was late at night. Yeah. We were with our other roommate, Ryan. Just like, the trailer was, back. like, interesting. But then nothing really happened. Yeah. It was, I just, like, I we never even learned anything about the phone. I don't remember. Or that's a testament to the movie that I yeah. don't remember. Um, yeah. It was just not good. A yeah. failure on all counts. Yeah. That was your number two? Yeah, that's my number two. <laughs> my number two. I'm interested for you on the same number one, because there's a movie that you haven't brought up yet that I was waiting for you to bring up, and it might be your number one, because it's also my number one, too. No. Um, Strange World is number two for me. Okay. So, to touch about Strange World for one quick second again. Okay. When we were sitting in the theater, I had a great experience. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I liked my... <laughs> I liked um the whole premise of the movie... Of like the, I think it had a great concept, 
But as I was sitting there and just seeing this like representation <laughs> being kind of thrown around your face in the first minute, mm-hmm. I was just like, this is too much for me. And like, it was just like, it just didn't feel like Disney. Yeah. So I, I never in a million years would have thought a Disney movie would be on my worst list. Not me, the Disney diehard, but they have fumbled hard. That's okay. They, they have, have they have two, no, three of their movies in my worst list. So what's number one? All right, my number one. I haven't mentioned it yet, but it's not. You've already mentioned it. It's Bones and All. Bones Your and number all. one worst movie of the year is Bones yes. and All. I now again for those that heard the episode or No Stranger, I hated this movie. I will give it this: it is beautifully shot. The score is really great. And I had this story been mm-hmm. t- like a Bonnie and Clyde style or just two teenagers like crossing the country trying to find this girl trying to find her mom mm-hmm. uh, in like a Midwestern in that feel and vibe like great. But when now that they're cannibals, yeah. you lost me. Yeah. And I gave this a lot of thought and it finally hit me over Christmas break. Yeah. The moment they lost me in the movie. Now, this is incredibly personal, and so this might make some people uncomfortable. But the moment they lost me is once Mark Rylance's character gets introduced, and they go into that house, yeah. and the old lady has fallen on the ground, yeah. and she's not dead. They're waiting for her to die so they yeah. can eat her. Yeah. As a person who has had grandparents that have fallen and cannot get up, yeah. and have had to have people come to get them up, like, that breaks my heart, that nobody yeah. was there to help her, and nobody checked on her. And so these people came, and they literally waited for her to die so they could eat her. Yeah. And that was where they lost me. I was like, nope, not not for me. And so this movie was terrible. Uh, and <laughs> I will not defend it in any respect. Some people, yeah. it's on some people's best list. And I'm like, sure, you can say it's crafted well, but it doesn't. Yeah. it doesn't make anything about what they're doing good. Ooh. No, you're true. So. You're 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 right for that. I yeah. Cuz like that's the thing like as I was sitting watching the movie like I just said there's this element of like there's some really like great aspects mm-hmm. filmmaking wise about this movie and like that makes the story compelling. But then you just kind of think about in the human sense like what they're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Like, how just, do you defend that? Like how <laughs> do you defend that and how do you like just like, how do you really just defend that? You know, yeah, you're romanticizing cannibalism, and I just can't get behind it. Exactly. So, what's your number one? Because then I didn't mention it either. Literally, Lightyear. <gasps> oh. I, I was so. This was like one of my most anticipated yeah. movies of the year. I was so excited for this movie. I was so excited to experience like the movie Lightyear. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to kind of have. Toy Story be like kind of introduced in a different way and like Chris Evans um, uh-huh. being the voice of Buzz I thought that was so fun but like another rep- point where like there was a lot of representation in your face mm-hmm. another point of just like you not really wanting to like care for Lightyear and mm-hmm. care for Buzz as a story mm-hmm. and kind of having this interstellar kind of plot that didn't make sense and so it just like I w- it was just I think it's number mm-hmm. one because it was something that I was really looking yeah. forward to because it was the first Pixar movie back in yeah. theaters and it tanked. Yeah, and so crazy. How do you mess up the Toy Story franchise? That's crazy. I don't know if the fr- I don't know if it impacted the franchise. I think this is its own separate thing. But literally, they could have just changed the sentence 
to be like like Buzz like Andy got a Buzz Lightyear toy. This mm-hmm. is the story that was ba- like I forget what the sentence was, but yeah. like it li- oh that was the sentence, but it literally could have been like what if Buzz was a real person? Yeah, like, they and that would have been such a different experience yeah. because it's especially yeah because it was like. This is the movie that Andy saw, basically. And, like, it's just... Which is, cl- which I'm is like, clever. I'm like, yeah. it's a clever idea, but I'm just like, this movie wouldn't have been made in the 90s. And it was fun, and now that I'm thinking of it, like, I just want to watch it again to make sure. Yeah. But, like, I think it's because I had high standards for it, and it tanked. I just kind of, like, yeah. Yeah. moved on. No. Yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to talk good, because here's our best list. I have... Yeah. Five honorable mentions. I'm just going to say them all, and then we'll move on to your honorable mentions, because I know you guys them. Yeah. All right. So, first, in a year, well, as a notorious horror hater, um, at, like who tried to avoid it at all costs just because I didn't like being scared, I liked a lot of horror movies this year. Interesting. I thought this was a very um, weak year of horror. I think overall, yes, but the ones that were good were really good, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So, here's an honorable mention. That like it would it would be number like fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest aren't in any particular order. So the black phone. Yeah. I I thought like this was Scott Derrickson's like revenge movie for getting kicked off of Doctor Strange, yeah. and he made a better movie than Doctor Strange in Multiverse of Madness. Spoiler alert: it's not on my list. Um, and so I I just thought it was really good. Ethan Hawke, great performance. The little girl in that movie. I know we talked about it when we did our summer movie recap. The little girl in this movie, phenomenal. No, we one of we love her. One of the greatest child actors I've ever seen. Yeah. All right. Here's the next one. This is the one that you're gonna laugh at me for, but as I've given it more thought, it's just grown on me. Tar. <laughs> so, Tar. Kate Blanchett is really good, and I think our experience was just so fun. We us being the only people in the theater and yeah. getting like to do like a live commentary basically. Yeah, the we movie. talked we talked out loud. It we didn't so care good. if there was even anyone in there. It was we so just... good. But I think especially based off the Juilliard scene, which I know we talked about when we, we reviewed like the it. Juilliard scene. The Juilliard scene was amazing. And like I was seeing like somebody talk about this movie and that you kinda like figure out like she like Kate Blanchett's performance as Lydia Tar is so good because she is trying to convince like in that one scene in particular, mm-hmm. like, she's wrong in some points, but she's mm-hmm. so convincing in her, like, in her speaking to these people yeah. that she even convinces you that she's right. And, like, that's so cool. Like, seeing her, like, be this amazing, like, great EGOT winner kind of thing. And so, like, you just believe her because of all that she's yeah. accomplished. Yeah. And then, like, seeing her fall from grace. and It, it was just really cool. I liked it. Um, then The Fablemans is another honorable it's mention. Honorable it's mention. an honorable yeah. mention. I, I like it, and it was between this and my number 10, but I had to put on my my number 10 on the yeah. kicks and giggles. Um, so, The Fableman's great. Steven Spielberg, wonderful. Um, I, I did really like this movie. I, I I don't really have much to add to it. I just yeah, thought we all talked the performances were good. We it talked about it movie. recently, so I like it. Had, it like had it. its moments, but yeah. like it was still a really good yeah. movie. Uh, Pearl is another one. Mm-hmm. I really like Pearl. That, again, this, another video I watched agreed with me in this and like Mia Goth like has the best performance that will not get recognized whatsoever really like she should be nominated for an Oscar because she's that mm-hmm. good in this movie I completely believe it um, but she won't get recognized and she yeah. like carried the movie was good but she carried it on her back I still remember sitting in the theater watching it and the second it started I was like this feels like a classic Disney movie 
the way yeah, everything. That was the that point. Was the point. That's that was what the, the director point. wanted. I said mission accomplished. And then the last honorable mention is Nope. Uh, I I like Get Out. I liked Us. Uh, never saw those in theaters. So this was my first Jordan Peele movie in theaters. Terrifying. And I I thought it was like some of it was, but we talked about it, like we it was so yeah, horrifying we that you couldn't keep your eyes off the screen. Like oh, yeah. I, there was the moment the people when they were getting sucked up, I was like. This is horrifying, and I have to keep watching. Yeah, it, it was just really good, and there was a lot of commentary that we broke down oh, in yeah. the episodes that we're not going to get into here. But yeah. yeah. All right. So my one of my I had four too. Okay. And so we have Bob's Burgers, the movie. Love Bob's Burgers. I just thought I remember like this was the first movie I saw in the summer, mm-hmm. and I was just so excited for it, and it ended up being exactly what you wanted out of. You know the Bob's Burgers show becoming mm-hmm. a movie. You know yeah. it just had had music, but not too much music. Mm-hmm. It had just yeah. an enjoyable plot. It had something that was just yeah. so like I don't know, it was just something so yeah. wholesome because the show itself is kind of a wholesome yeah. show. It's one of my favorite shows. I love it. Um, and then Nope, okay. yep. honorable mention, kind of for the similar reasons. Mm-hmm. And then it was Pearl. Yeah. And um, another just I think Mia Goth kind of proved herself to be kind of in the running for becoming a bigger mm-hmm. actress and like I just thought it was fun because it was a movie that I wasn't expecting it to be because mm-hmm. I was like like we went with some of our friends and I was like y'all are gonna hate this like don't you don't this is like a very indie <laughs> yeah. movie like you don't have to yeah. watch this but like we all left like yeah. saying we kind of enjoyed that yeah. and it kind of was just interesting and then one of my honorable honorable mentions is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, I'm that's good one. I was so you tempted to put this as number ten. Really? Yeah, I was so okay. tempted. Um, but Bodies, 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 man, I just think that that is the most clever movie of 2022. Yeah, it was it was cool. I will it played that. on. I want to watch it again. Like it just played <laughs> on Gen Z and like what our popular culture does mm-hmm. now. It just played on that so smart. Yeah, it was a clever comedy. And it just like. The ending just, I think, wrapped it all together super well, and I just thought it was so fun, and I just thought it was a very enjoyable, like, the ending, you're kind of sitting back, and you're like, did that really just happen? Yeah. But then you're also kind of like, wait, like, that's actually kind of smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, just, I thought it was really enjoyable. So. All right. So here's our top 10 best, or our favorites, honestly. So. For kicks and giggles, I had to put this on here because I still remember the smile I had when I left the theater. Mm-hmm. Like, like I remember we left it, and I, you liked it, but I was like, that I love that movie. And yeah. some people are going to completely disregard everything I say after this, but it is Uncharted. I know you. Loved I this movie. loved Uncharted. I was so happy when I left it because that movie is absolutely everything for me. I never played the video games, so I had no attachment to them. But I just thought it was a fun action-adventure kind of thing. Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg are great in this movie. Yeah. And so I hope they make another one because I I loved it. Yeah. Uncharted <clears throat> was fun. I remember, like, that was the first time that I really had fun in yeah. the theaters in 2022. Yeah. So that's what made it very enjoyable. Number 10 is Barbarian. Oh. I recently rewatched this on a plane because it was one of yeah. the movies on, um, like, when you connect with the Wi-Fi on a mm-hmm. plane, they'll have, like, all those movies. And I rewatched this again, and I was like, oh, I'm just curious. Like, I really enjoyed this movie. What if I enjoyed yeah. it again? And I enjoyed it just as much. Yeah. Maybe a little less, because the thrill of it was, like, yeah. not... All the surprises. And I was just watching it on my phone, so yeah. it, like, wasn't, like, actually, like, on a big screen. But I another, I think, the reason it was between that and um, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is because um, 
is because like I think those are two just clever really clever and smart movies and so um I just thought it was a very interesting experience and um yeah I thought it was so fun and I think it was awesome my number nine is Barbarian I this movie is wild and again like I have never liked horror but like this is like horror done right and like there's actually a story there and it's intriguing and you're like what is happening yeah it's nuts the entire time and I was like leaned in the whole time like once like the you think the guy is the thing but then so you're always like oh no what's he about to do and then it wasn't him and so literally from the moment it started I was like all in I'm like what is this so I loved it yeah um all right you want to do your wait no this is my your number nine yeah okay um, the Banshees of Insurance. Really, I really love this movie so much. Really, I thought it was so fun. Okay, I thought it was so fun. Um, it's I a just, hilarious movie, and you don't expect it when you go yeah, and watch it. I thought it was super enjoyable and like super like just. I just thought it was a fun movie, mm-hmm. and I think, I think Colin Farrell gave it great, like gave <clears throat> a great performance, mm-hmm. and I think that. It took me a second to get into it, but mm-hmm. I liked the pacing of it. Yeah. It felt like its own movie. There was mm-hmm. only two, three settings. The pub, yeah. the house that Colin Farrell lived in, and the, um, and I think just like the nature of it. Yeah. It was a beautifully yeah, shot yeah, yeah. movie, and I think the themes of it, yeah. of just men being stupid, yeah. I think is a great theme. But also, yeah. that's like kind of the joking yeah. theme that it needed to be, but I think one of the themes that I just really resonated with was just kind of like, um, I don't know, was just this idea that like we all can be stubborn as humans and in our human experience mm-hmm. we can all kind of just hold grudges yeah. and like those grudges can eat away. Like I feel like I just resonated a lot with Colin Farrell's character of yeah. like, what did I do wrong? Like, help yeah. me understand mm-hmm. because I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be a good friend to you. I yeah. wanted to like not hurt you so please tell me what I did wrong. Yeah. And so I just kind of like really I think resonated with that and I just really enjoyed mm-hmm. that kind of processing of like, oh, yeah. I've been in that situation where like people will just turn their back on me and just yeah. be like, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. But like in all honesty, it's like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. You know what I mean? I saw one person say that kind of like makes me reflect on it better. Yeah. Is that it's less of a movie in its own right and more of about it's more of a parable kind of like a telling a story about friendship yeah and so i i really thought it was good i still i hope and pray barry keegan gets a best supporting actor nomination because he deserves it he got a golden globe nomination so i'm yeah. hoping he gets an oscar one. yeah he's so good in that movie all right my number eight everything everywhere all at once oh it's number eight i know and let me go ahead and say like because you're sad at this my top 10 this was it's hard okay. it's hard i and was thinking was the same thing hard and I so like by thing, no yeah. means like with if honestly my number eight through three mm-hmm. are all tied quite frankly like they're all that good in my opinion uh so this movie was just such a delight and joy like we were excited for this movie but when we actually saw it like some of it was weird but i was just like this is wild a24 mm-hmm. made this movie because you know i don't usually love a24 movies but this one is really good michelle yo come get that oscar because you deserve it and i think I she I honestly I think, I think she'll she win it. Get it i yeah. think she'll win it i'm willing to bet money on that Michelle Yeoh is so good. And Kei-Huey uh, Kwan, who plays her husband, he was yeah. short round, actually, in the Indiana Jones movies, and now mm-hmm. he's going to be in Loki season two. So, like, he 
was in The Goonies and Indiana Jones, and he quit acting. But after Crazy Rich Asians came out, he decided to join acting again because of like how Asians were being positively portrayed mm-hmm. again. And so that's why he joined acting again, got this. I really do think he could also get a nomination, too. Mm-hmm. So, great. I love the movie. It's just really entertaining. And I thought about this on the drive today because I was, I was thinking through this list because I knew we were going to record. Uh-huh. Like, it was so cool to, like, see, like, I, it sounds bad, but, like, the familial trauma and, like, getting seeing, like, mending of relationships and families with how, like, parents have such an effect on their children's good and bad. And like just seeing that mended, I just really thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it's on my list. I'll have yeah, I know. You'll have your I think you have really good thoughts to the movie, and we can just continue this dialogue yeah. when we get to my list. Yeah. Number eight, and yeah. I think you're gonna be. A lo- <laughs> I think you're gonna have the same reaction I just had to everything, every okay. word. The Batman. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope ours are in. Because the Batman's higher up on the list. But I like, hope they're in the same place. I know, right? <laughs> but like, like you just said, like. Uh-huh. From eight on, it's kind of gets really it hard because really I enjoyed each yeah. movie so much and I love each movie. Yeah. But like, like you said, like there's some movies <clears throat> that you see that have better, that hold more weight yeah. than other movies. Yeah. So you know what I mean. But the Batman was a movie we saw twice. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I had a good time yeah. with it. It was one of the first action movies that I genuinely think that I, and also enjoyed the story because sometimes yeah. action mm-hmm. movies can be. Yeah. Well, actually, like, a lot of times action movies can focus too much on the action and not the story. Okay. I think the story of Batman and bringing Batman back, I thought, was a really good story. And I don't know. I just had a really good time with it. I thought it was fun. And um, I thought it, we can have more dialogue yeah. about it when we get there on your list. But I liked the movie a lot. Yeah. And it was notable for me to put it on my list. And I think it was done yeah. really well. Especially, like, the evil character which i'm blanking on its name the riddler the riddler yeah paul dana who's steven spielberg's dad in the fablemans yeah so funny funny. what a wild performance year okay number seven elvis are you kidding me (laughs) remember they're all like equal so this i will say i know i know i know i I will say this is a good movie i will say that however this is like a movie on acid and Honestly, if it wasn't for Austin Butler's performance, because he is phenomenal, I hope he yeah. wins Best Actor. I hope he gets nominated. Um, he definitely will get nominated, I think. Yeah. Because, like, he he really is carrying this yeah. movie. Because, like, it's because of that performance that Baz Luhrmann can do whatever he does, usually, and Tom Hanks can run around asking, where's Christmas? Yeah. Um, like, it all because of that performance, because he's that yeah. good. And it's so, so convincing. And so, like, this really is a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um... I added Elvis to my playlist over the summer because of this movie, and I was just like, "Yeah." Oh, you know it's on my list somewhere, so I will. I will. Oh, I wish you saw me after this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never. I'll just. It's on my list. We'll continue this conversation. Let's just keep working up. Number eight. Number number eight or seven? Oh, sorry, seven. seven. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Number seven for me is The Fablemans. Okay. Oh, I saw this for a second time too. By myself, you did. <laughs> I saw this for a second but I was time. Gone already. I know, and you, but you wouldn't have gone again to see it. <laughs> cool. as much I, as I liked it. just really enjoyed this movie. I really enjoyed this whole that whole experience of the Fablemans because I think going into it, you know, this idea of it being kind of this semi autobiographical movie, mm-hmm. semi biopic mm-hmm. about. Steven Spielberg and I think what was interesting is when we were talking after the movie you were saying like you wanted to see more of how uh-huh. uh, he like, got into he movies in the once he was in the director role but like 
I was like, you said that, and that's like a valid point. Like, I think many people thought the same thing you were thinking. But I also think, too, that, like, what was so special about that movie was that he chose to only show that aspect of his life mm-hmm. because that, to him, shows how much his family, how much, you know, the divorce of mm-hmm. his parents and just all that, like, that just shows, like, how, like, important that season of his life was and into and yeah. forming the man that he has become today. And I saw somebody really put this into perspective for me like Steven Spielberg had to direct a scene of his parents divorce I know like that wow that's hard <laughs> and obviously I think as old as you are Steven yeah. and like he's I it's think he's married very far removed, and he has his own kids he's very 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 yeah, far removed from but also moment, yeah. I think when you're planning that and maybe even filming it and you're there directing yeah. it it's still emotional yeah. and so I just think like it really put into perspective this idea that like you know sometimes the big things in our life people want to know like you for your success for your fame but like when you choose to make like this autobiographical Mm -hmm. movie about yourself in a way you choose not it's just so interesting to me that he chose the avenue of not Mm -hmm. choosing to talk about how he got to fame Mm -hmm. but his love for movies and his family relationships that really impacted him i thought that that was beautiful i think it's a beautiful thing all right number six the woman king Oh, I, I was I was looking at like making yeah. my list and I never like I enjoyed the Woman uh-huh. King, but like um I just never thought to put it yeah. on my list. Not even not on my worst at all, but just on my list. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. Now of course, script wise, they should have fixed oh, like the historical goodness. inaccuracies. Yeah. I'm not denying that, so don't come at me. Because it got that. movie bombed for that. Yeah. That was a huge thing. I am not I'm not denying that, so don't come at me. I'm just saying specifically from like a movie making perspective. Yeah. And the performances of Viola Davis and Lashana Lynch. Like, yeah. This movie is great. Yeah. The action is so good. I know since it went on digital on like iTunes and Amazon and stuff, it's been consistently in the top 10 since it debuted in oh. iTunes. So like people are finally watching it, even though it didn't do super well in theaters. Yeah. Um, I just really think it's so, it's so good, so entertaining. Like it was so interesting to see Viola Davis play a mm-hmm. character like this because you've never seen her play a character so physically demanding and so i yeah. thought that was really cool yeah that's good that's fun um that was a good movie i had a good time i'm just trying to see it is number six right now on yeah. itunes it, since it, it has, debuted it is in the top 10 regardless but it yep. got three it has three stars it's crazy that's like it's average is three is like three stars yeah. which is interesting it's still getting review bombed it wasn't a bad movie i thought viola davis's performance was so good mm-hmm. did you see the vogue interview of her and her husband's like house, Mm-mm. well not Vogue, um, one of the arch- architectural. Mm-hmm. It was so it was good. I love her. All right, your number six. My number six is a movie that you have not seen, but I talked to you so much about over summer. I know what it it's is. It's called Cha Cha uh-huh. Little Smooth. I want to watch it. Oh my goodness! So like basically, this movie to is like just about. It's a very similar La La Land mm-hmm. yet modern day, and I remember it was it was a it was a lonely. <laughs> summer night my parents were gone on a trip or something because they do that and then my sister i like i wasn't with my sister or something and Mm -hmm. i had no plans and so i'm sitting there just relaxing Mm -hmm. you know i'm having some food Mm -hmm. drinking water whatever (laughs) and then i'm just like (laughs) and then i'm just like sitting there and i'm like let's watch this movie you know Mm -hmm. and like i don't know what it was maybe it was just because i was alone Mm -hmm. i was tired i was just looking for a movie or I just connected with the characters but this movie just like 
it's basically this movie about this guy who feels lost in life. He graduated from college, mm-hmm. and he is living with his parents, working at a one of the places in a food court mall, feeling super lost, super desolate, and, like, hopeless. He has student loans he has to pay back and all that kind of stuff. Very, like, real yeah. time. And then his, like, mom encourages him to, like, be a DJ, be, like, a, like, because they live in a very, like, mm-hmm. big town, and mm-hmm. so she's like, you should be, like, a DJ, like, a party starter. And so he starts this party starting company and meets this girl um, and bonds with um, this girl's daughter. And the girl's actually married or like engaged to be married, mm-hmm. but they have this connection that feels mm-hmm. so real and raw. He loves like her daughter. The mm-hmm. man that she's engaged to doesn't get along with the daughter mm-hmm. well. And then what happens was like, it's not that popular of a movie, but mm-hmm. like you're rooting so hard for him because mm-hmm. you kind of can understand how hard like that post grad life mm-hmm. can be. And, like, you're rooting for him to get with this girl and start this life mm-hmm. and, like, start that relationship. But then, like, you just see this unfolding of events that are very real yeah. and very raw. And the way that the main character, I'm blinking on his name, but um, the way that he, pr- like, processes that as his character is very raw. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, when you watch a movie like that, where you see human experience that is likely to happen unfold on a movie i think that that's special mm-hmm. which is why la la land i think is very special yeah because you see the human experience kind of unfold yeah on in a movie because a lot of times like we watch hallmark movies because we know deep down inside at the end they're going to reach the resolution mm-hmm. that we want them to reach mm-hmm. and it's like comfort we, yeah. and we could talk to sophie and emily <laughs> about that but like um it's just like i'm sure not all hallmark movies are like that but also the majority of those yeah. movies you watch for the sole purpose of you know what you're gonna you get. know what you're getting into and you know that they're gonna have that meet yeah. cute moment they're gonna have fun something's gonna happen and then they're gonna yeah. fall back at the last second that's the point but like with this movie it really challenges your perspective to be like oh like they had this moment together they met they did this and then now it's over yeah. and like that's what happens but like the way it was done was so painfully yeah. real that you felt for him. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I can I, tell you're very passionate about that movie. I, I just thought it. it was so good. I love it. it was so good. I do plan on watching it at some point soon. <sighs> I really do. Like, Comes I mean from the that. one that just watched Gray Man. I did Fake. finally just watch the Gray Man. Fake. Okay. I, I didn't put that on my worst list. Fake. So, but it anyway. wasn't. But it wasn't good. Anyway, the number five for mm-hmm. me is Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um, over time, this has kind of lost its luster on me. However, mm-hmm. I will say it's the best thing Marvel put out uh, in 2022. I know that is not a high bar. Yeah. I get that. Um, but I it really is a such a powerful story on like grief and loss and like yes, this movie is a Debbie Downer. I get that. And some people aren't into that. But yeah. like Letitia Wright gives such a powerful performance and so Angela Bassett as well. I I think Letitia Wright honestly is better, but I think Angela mm-hmm. Bassett is the one that will get the nominations and wins. Um it I it really just it is so powerful and you really have to see it through like from the cast and crew side, like this movie was made for them to heal in light of Chadwick Boseman's loss, mm. and so like it, it really was a good thing. Should they have recasted T'Challa? Only time will tell. The end credit scene may fix that problem for some of you. Who knows? Um, however, I just really thought it was a powerful movie. I like it a lot. It's just it's no longer. It was originally super high up on my list, and as time went by, I was kind of knocked it down yeah. a little bit more and more. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. Number five? Glass Onion. Ooh, okay. Okay. So, with Glass Onion, I just thought, like, 
I think I've been wanting a mystery movie and to come back into theaters. And I just love, honestly, if they did not play into the COVID aspect of the movie mm-hmm. and like play into this idea that like COVID's a thing mm-hmm. and they joked about it, mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. Like, because like it was all so funny because mm-hmm. it was like another thing that was so real. Mm-hmm. And so. I just thought it was really fun to see these ensemble of characters together. And I remember sitting in the movie being glued. Mm-hmm. That's why. I really just enjoyed it because I was in the theater. I was glued the whole time. Mm-hmm. The twist that occurred, the... Right. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I was just sitting there. I was glued to the screen. I was obsessed. Yeah. I loved it. And it was, I just think, a great time. Yeah. So. Well. Okay, my number four. Avatar The Way of Water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is another movie that we will get to a little bit later in this that to me like is a reminder this included like mm-hmm. movies like these are made like to t- like show us why we go to the movies yeah like we go to the movies to see things like this and yeah. this was a movie i didn't fully believe in until i saw it like yeah. when we were talking beforehand you were like oh it's gonna make all this money and all that kind of stuff and i and i know i was like i don't think it'll hit two billion it'll definitely hit a billion well, it has hit 1.7 billion, and I think it will hit 2 billion at this point. Like, isn't and, that surprising? Here's the thing: right now, there's only five movies in existence that have hit 2 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. When Avatar: The Way of Water hits 2 billion, James Cameron will have three of the six movies. He will own 50 percent of isn't the that movies that made 2 billion. Well, if you're looking at the box office numbers, because I was looking at this a yeah. little bit. It's all from other countries. Yeah, well, it's big. The majority, big it's a there. big, the big market that this movie is really appealing to, which I find interesting, is not the United States. Yeah. It's like all these other countries that it's is getting people to go to the movies. Wild. It's crazy. It's just, it. The story is much better to me than the first. Mm-hmm. I liked the first, but like this one's just so much better. I was telling you, I, we were texting about it. Like, I think his kids, Jake Sully's kids, are much more compelling characters than him as himself. Like I found him this boring movie might in the be first on my movie, list, but so we can get into more dialogue yeah. about it soon. I found him boring, but then they're just so fun. His one son, like how he's an outcast and how that part is taken, <laughs> how that story is told, like is so much more relatable than how he was. Jake Sully was seen as an outcast yeah. in the first movie, and also the visual effects. Like apparently, I. Now, we saw the updated version in September. Yeah. Um, but apparently, like, if you were to look at Avatar The Way of Water and the first Avatar side by side, like, even that difference in the special effects is, like, night and day of how mm-hmm. advanced The Way of Waters is. I was telling, actually, a family friend last night um, about, they were asking if any of us have seen it, my family, and I was like, well, I've seen it. And I was telling her, I was like, obviously, they're giant blue people. They're not yeah. real. But there, in 3D, there were genuinely moments where they were standing next to a human character. And, like, I really had to try. Like, I'm like, they look real. So, like, like I completely believe that a human is standing next to them. It was very, That's like... That's how convincing it is. They, was, they just, like, looked, like, very... They moved very differently. Uh-huh. They, like... It, like, comparison to the first... Like, the way that they moved, it felt like a video game. Yeah, it but, was like, so it wasn't crazy. that distracting though. And like that, this movie, like I even believe, will level up how video games do their shit. Sure. It is crazy. And so, as a person who wasn't completely sold on Avatar going forward, like if they would have ended the way of water and said, 
and here's yeah. Avatar 3. I yeah. would have sat there and watched it. I would have yeah. sat there for another three hours because yeah. I loved it. All right. Yeah. What is your number four? My number four, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay. So not. Uh, so Honestly, if we did not go see it that second time, which uh, for you was like the fourth, the fourth time, time. Um, if we did not, if I didn't see it the second time, it probably, it still would have been my top yeah. 10, but it would have been very low. Yeah. Um, but I think the second time, the first time I went into it, uh-huh. I saw it by myself. I saw it on a very weird screen. Mm-hmm. It was very quiet, like, like mm-hmm. at one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> it was like me and like three other people in theater. Yeah. And so like, I really enjoyed like mm-hmm. the movie, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. But like the, when we saw it a second time, I just like was really emotional about the movie for some reason. Like um, just all the character development, yeah. all of just like this kind of understand i just thought we'll we'll get to the dialogue about it because i know you probably have thoughts too but i (laughs) i I just thought it was very powerful and emotional and just a very um i think the flying sequences were very good and i think it was simple enough to be engaged but also complex enough to be like oh like there's all these there's all these different character developments going on there's these different conflicts going on and I think the story of rooting for that character, yeah. I think, was, like, what you're kind of going for. Like, oh, my gosh, rooting yeah. for this character. So, All right. that's my number four. My number three is the Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I we again, we saw this twice in theaters. I just, I love Batman. Batman is one of my favorite comic book characters yeah. ever. Hands down. It goes, like, Batman, then Spider-Man, and then The Flash, really. Yeah. And I love Batman so, so much. And so Robert Pattinson really had an uphill battle with me because I wasn't completely convinced in him. Uh, but I really liked the way the darkness that he brought to the character that was so different. Yeah. The He really took to heart because some people were like, Bruce Wayne is the mask. And I think this Batman hasn't completely learned that yet. Yeah. And like he's so brought into like, I have to be Batman, that Batman becomes his identity, and so we haven't seen him make Bruce Wayne the mask yet. Yeah. I thought it was so good. Paul Dano as the Riddler is amazing. I just really love the mystery of this. Like, even till the, up until the end, I was like, I, I don't understand it. And then it clicked right at the very end. Yeah. I, I thought it was really, really great. Um, I cannot wait for the sequel. Yeah. It's just so good. It was, to me... It is the best Batman movie. That yeah. may shock some people. The Dark Knight is just one of the best movies ever. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But that movie is heavily carried by Heath Ledger's Joker. And mm-hmm. so it's more of a Joker movie than it is a Batman movie. Um, it's not my favorite Joker movie, because Joker is. <laughs> but I, I, it's just so good. I love it. It's a good movie. I had, I, I remember having a lot of fun with and it. It's so cr- so wonder it like took a comic book movie. Yeah, they've done this before, but like this is really is a comic book movie that is crafted so well. Like in, yeah. in the sense of like an awards contender. I just thought, yeah, the thought that was brought to it. So, yeah. All right, my number three right mm-hmm. is everything everywhere all at once. They did switch places. <laughs> I love it. Everything everywhere all at once. Oh, if I I remember I said Ethan, there's this movie out that we have to go see. Mm-hmm. It's not playing anywhere near us we have to drive an hour to go see it let's go and we went to the and we went on a what was it a sunday it afternoon, a sunday afternoon yeah. after church mm-hmm. do we even go to church i don't even know i, w- I went <laughs> i think i did too but like it was a sunday afternoon it was raining there was no yeah. one really there i remember the people next to us sat up and left really i didn't even you know, remember that because i was pissed i was like why did you leave this movie's great i love it 
I just like, like you said, you had some really good thoughts about it. Like, mm-hmm. it is just a really great movie that I think has so many amazing themes going on, so many creative elements to the mm-hmm. film that just make it just so something that you're engaged in, something that you're rooting for the character and you're rooting for just the daughter in a way who's like exploring things like like just exploring basic things like sexuality being human like Mm -hmm. trying to introduce her family into just like into just like her life and Mm -hmm. just like i want you to be a part of i want to i want you to be a participant of my experience and like the mom being so overworked to care and Mm -hmm. not taking the time to understand her daughter and what she's going through. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautifully human thing. But it, yet, it wasn't centered... So, like, representation, for example. Mm-hmm. you can. I feel like if Disney had the hands of this movie, they would have made the representation... They're, like, they're Asian, do you get it? They're Asian, and one of them is a lesbian. Like, mm-hmm. that's what... that Like, the daughter's lesbian. Mm-hmm. Like, that, they would have taken that and, like, ran with it. Mm-hmm. But what this movie did so beautifully is that it wasn't really about that. They built the characters first. They built yeah. the characters first, and what they did is they took the characters on a journey... Mm-hmm of just going through all these different parallel mm-hmm. universes and like understanding that and having be having that be funny having that be creative having that being explorative not to ask not to get to the resolution of loving your daughter mm-hmm. who might have a different sexual orientation or a different way that she views the mm-hmm. world than you do but learning to understand and trying to be patient with that it wasn't really about that was kind of the resolution you get at the end mm-hmm. but the whole process of that resolution is asking those existential life questions of what if I chose to move home or stay here? What yeah. if I chose to like go to this school, major mm-hmm. in this, meet this person, like date that person, marry that person? It it like it, it was a journey of not just like let's just support every like your family. Mm-hmm. It was a journey of for the main character yeah. to go on herself to understand that like she learns stuff about herself as yeah, well as her daughter. That so. of like I can go on all these different paths, but I'd mm-hmm. rather just be on the path of knowing and loving you. Mm-hmm. Chill. <laughs> I can literally cry. Really it's just good. so emotional. Really and so like Michelle Yeoh, you better yeah. win. Yeah, and like just like that she end scene it. where they're in the parking lot and like they're fighting mm-hmm. and just like everything like comes together all at once because mm-hmm. that's like the part three of the movie mm-hmm. and just it all comes to that halt and like like they they were rocks and like they had that moment <laughs> yeah. together wow. and like but still she, the daughter feels like that that's not enough for her mom to love mm-hmm. her and then she just chases her down and just says like what do I have to do to show you that I love you I don't want to be any oh yeah it's just so powerful it's kind of like. It's kind of like very similar to like the gospel too. But that's Bye. like but that's like a very, that is a very similar thing. And that's why it's a powerful movie that like we have the free will yeah. to choose all these different outcomes. I can't believe that. We have the free will to choose all these different to choose all these different outcomes. We have the free will to do that and God will always bless whatever decision we make. But at the end of the day, he's always loving who we are in the midst of those decisions. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Number <laughs> two. That was wild. That's for the streets. Oh, not- oh, no. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. I'll quiet that so you won't even know what happened. Yeah, sorry. Um, we were just so slain in the spirit with that <laughs> comment right there stop. that, like, the microphone had to take a break. Stop it. But I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. saying. I've done a lot of reflection about that movie yeah. and implications to my. Have I journaled about this movie? I 100% have. Fine. <laughs> okay. My anyway. number two. So my top two. I wrestled with this a lot. Yeah. Um, and I like them both almost equally for the exact for the exact same reason, but in different ways, if that makes sense. And yeah. I'll explain it. So my number two is Glass Onion. 
Ooh, yeah. it's up there, up there. It's up there. You up weren't there. kidding. It's up there. I I really really liked this movie when I saw it in theaters. I was just it was so clever. The dialogue is so good. Some people really enjoyed it, and now they're like, Nah, Knives Out is better. I'm still in the camp that I think this is better than Knives Out, in my humble opinion. Mm. Um, Daniel Craig is just on fire and has found what he needs to do post James Bond. Mm. As, it really is so so good. I can't wait for Knives Out three. Uh, but yeah, it's just so clever. The twist it drew me in. I watched it again over Christmas break when it went back on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't watched it again. And I just it, I loved it just as much. Good. It really is so so good. But I was like really on the ride with them the first time I watched it. Like every twist and turn, I was all in on it. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was really good. And so to me, this is like a good like honestly, it's like a Hollywood flick. Mm-hmm. To me, like, one of the movies that I think, like, it's the reason, like, we go to the movies. And wow. I, it's a movie that I think everybody gets behind, mm-hmm. but for different reasons. Yeah. I think this movie leans more liberal. And the second time I watched it, I saw, I definitely saw that more. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely leans more liberal. And so the the people on the left really latch on to that part. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's re- it's very much about taking down the one percent kind of people and the tech billionaires. They want to get rid of that, and so they really like it. But then for the right or uh, for conservatives, it was very cool to see. Like it's a good mystery, just a good movie that's funny, mm-hmm. and it has a tech billionaire in it, and so people yeah. were <laughs> that side's drawn to it as well. And so I I th- think it's very interesting, and I cannot wait to talk about number one. Yeah the opposite reason go <laughs> um, yeah, number two no those are like all I, I was not expecting glass Sunday to be on your list we were like yeah. going up and up more and i was like oh it's probably not gonna be on this list yeah so that's fun that you enjoyed it just because i loved it too yeah. um obviously it's on my list yeah. number two is avatar the way of water <laughs> i don't know what your number one is then oh you know what my number one is i really don't anyway avatar the way of water everyone me, that i would have thought was your number let one me just one. let me just kind of take you through my experience with this movie <laughs> <laughs> so like the first time i watched this it was here like in our town that we're in and on our janky regal (laughs) and it was in that screen that's really small where we saw bad guys at really okay where there's kind of like that gradient of Uh like green okay outside i don't know we saw violent night in that theater too so it was a very like for those of you who don't obviously go to the regal river ridge 14 (laughs) at river ridge mall in lynchburg virginia it's a very like rectangle kind of screen and it's it's like a very small screen and so it was 3d and i was just like i was just like you know um let's just watch this movie let's enjoy you know let's just like we're going in for the experience i had very high hopes Uh, very high hopes yeah. I talked about this movie like every time the trailer would come yeah. on, I'd say shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like I had super high expectations yeah. for this movie. Like my expectations so high, and then the, after the first watch though, I was the problem because I'm my expectations I put way too high. So there were a lot of flaws that I was looking at. There's a lot of things I was picking apart with it. Yeah. I was like, this was good, like really good, but I'm like, oh, there was this wrong. Like, Jake Soley was a terrible dad, uh-huh. and, like, barely any resolution. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, this, like, it wasn't stupid, but I'm like, yeah. this is really weak. Yeah. And so, I go home, and I'm thinking about the movie still, yeah. and I hit up one of my friends, and I'm like, let's go see this in IMAX 3D. And so we go see it in IMAX 3D, 
completely different experience mm-hmm. because I knew going into it what I was expecting. Yeah. And I think what we see is just like this. I want to see it again. Which it was wild to me because you didn't sound like you loved it. And so when you texted me, you thought I would have hated it. See, and when I, I first saw it, though. loved it. But when I first saw I just did not have a good experience yeah. with it because I built up I my loved really it and high like, expectations. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I thought it was going to. Because honestly, if you look at it, it's a lot of plot the first two hours. And yeah. then it's really good action for the last yeah. hour. Then you kind of forget it's the plot. Almost, it's a Titanic sequel. It is. Did you but, notice that? I did, yeah. But <laughs> then, like, that. with the plot this time around, like, you just kind of touched on. Yeah. The outcast plot. It was so good. And I liked how it was, like, they started in their homeland, and then they got attacked, and they, they decided to leave. And then a lot of the movie is just them being introduced to this new homeland and, like, and, and being welcomed in and the conflict of that. And it was like that. a double thing of like them being the outcast in that community, but then the son feeling like an outcast in his own family. And then I think that like <sighs> the whole addition of like him bonding with that whale and like yeah, that beautiful scene because they were both outcasts and how you knew that like when there was no hope they were on the boat and like mm-hmm. no one was going to save them. It was quiet. You knew that that whale was popping <laughs> right out to like James save Cameron them. says they're not whales. It's so Whatever funny. it's called. But no, even the visual effects team was like they're whales, and James Cameron like yelled at them on set. Yeah. Like, but like it, it becomes this like beautiful movie of family. The kids, you see the parents thinking that they need to lead the pack, thinking mm-hmm. that they are the ones in charge. Like Jake Soley being this really strict dad, mm-hmm. and then like I'm blanking on um. Her name's like Naturi. I think it is Naturi. Yeah, yeah, something like it's that. But like, Donna, but... yeah, her character just being like, you're being hard on them, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that's like her only line in the movie, to be honest. Yeah, she really doesn't. Have she really doesn't talk. She's around so a lot, and she has great action scenes, yeah. but she's like, but like then there's, but like one of the things I didn't like about this movie was the little human boy that was hanging around the yeah, whole time. Weird. But it was weird. Apparently, and like, they like had to. I think it, I read it. It was during COVID, like. James Cameron had to, like, get special permission, like, from wherever they were filming it, I can't remember, like, to let them go ahead and film this because he was getting too old and they needed to, yeah, like, expedite but the like, process. But, like, the, we were in the movie and, like, there was, that was, like, the weirdest, that was the one thing that I wish they didn't do. Mm-hmm. I think if that character, I'm forgetting his name, but, like, the spider, spider um, of course, if that character has some really big potential in the future i think it'll I think be worth it and i think it he will it. yeah but in that movie i was kind of like this seems unnecessary but i could see yeah. it having payoff but just like the idea of like the parents not listening to letting not really listening to their kids but then like the kids are the things are the people that know the most about yeah. the homeland and like sigourney weaver's like teenage character of like um, saving the mom from under the water. Like, it was all just a really good yeah. turnaround of, like, the kids are saving the day. I want to see it again yeah. before it leaves the theaters. Like, yeah. I just had so much fun with it, and I think it was a really good movie just at the end of the day about family yeah. and about, like, the roles that I think family members can put themselves in, like, parents yeah. having to leave the pack and, like, children disobeying that. And, like, um, but then realizing that it's the parents who fall and the children mm-hmm. come to save. Yeah. And I think that's a kind of a cool... Yeah, I and I just think it's a beautifully done movie too. Yeah, Especially really when if you watch on IMAX, like it's, it's great, so beautiful. Yeah. But now we're at right. our number one number spot. One, I genuinely don't know what yours. No, is. you're gonna. You know do. what mine is. I, I'm surprised so, you know what mine is. My little... number one is Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, it is. I remember when, cause you did I see it before you? I couldn't remember if I saw it. You definitely you. saw it, like because I remember me. I was like, I'm going in to watch it, and then when I walked out, I was like, Alex, 
that is my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. Like, I was bright-eyed. Like, this is the best example. Avatar, Glass Onion aside. Like, this is the best example. Like, this is why we go to the movies. Really? Like, for, for the spectacle. Yeah. Everything about it. It's just, oh, it's so good. Like, it was, there was a movie star, Tom Cruise. And, you know, the music, like, Lady Gaga's song still makes me cry. Uh, it's just so, so good. Um, and, like, the thing is, some people are like, I saw some people are like, yeah, it's military propaganda. I'm like, yeah, but it's one of the best made move, like, best made movies yeah. of the year. Like, yeah. the cinematography is so, so good. And, like, I just, like, was sold on this movie. Yeah. Like, I, there's a reason I saw it four times in theaters. Yeah. Like, I was all in. I just think it's so, so good. All the performances, like, the emotion, like, it's just a classic. Like, a lot of people said it when the movie first came out. And I think Glass Onion's similar in this respect. Like, people were saying, like, Hollywood just doesn't make movies like this yeah. anymore. Yeah. Because, like, that felt like a classic Hollywood oh, movie. Oh, yeah. And so the same thing I was saying about Glass Onion earlier, I think this is made more for conservative audiences, for them to latch on to. Because wow. it is about the military and all that. Yeah. But yet it is such a well-made movie. And, like, it's just good Yeah. that liberal, the liberal audience or the left would latch onto the movie as well and so they're both movies that make both sides happy and like this until avatar the way of water came out like this movie was the yeah. top grossing movie of the year like there's a reason now avatar because is it was a, yeah now avatar is but like it's because like this movie was giving something that both sides could like yeah and it's interesting to see like the world that we live in now those are what movies that's kind mm-hmm. of what you have to money. make you yeah you have to make a movie that everybody can like and like a divided nobody world. cares about your commentary anymore Facts don't care about your feelings, you know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but like you bring up some good points, and like I think what's great about that movie too is that it's it is about the military, it is mm-hmm. about all these things, but they're not. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not putting it in your face yeah. to a point that you're like thinking these, thinking that there's this um, political message. Mm-hmm. No, it's really just yeah. about like doing this mission, yeah, and like getting to know the people of the mission and going yeah. along the mission with them. And yes, it's the third act basically star wars yes but star wars is amazing so but like also too like you could tell the shots were real oh the shots it's were genuine, so and so you felt, good you felt kind yeah. of the intensity of it, it like you're just like them. you're like oh my gosh are you able to do it yeah it was great so you don't know my number one I is i really don't you really don't know uh-uh. my number one movie of the year is elvis oh my gosh <laughs> i can't believe i've because i talked about it i literally can't believe you hadn't yet elvis, wow my favorite so I that talk about genuinely surprises me. I think about this experience all the time. So I go see Elvis <laughs> with my sister on opening night and wow. opening day, like after I yeah. got off work. Um, we go there, get our popcorn, get our drinks, and then we sit there. And I remember the whole movie is going. I'm glued to the screen, yeah. and then the movie ends. And you know how like the in the ghetto, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm like. Me and my sister are speechless. We don't even check our phones. We're just sitting there. We're like... And then I'm like... I literally look at my sister and I said, I, I cannot get this out of my head. <laughs> I'm like, this movie was that crazy. wild. And then I saw it a second time by myself mm-hmm. in the last row with all these... On a, like a 12 o'clock in the uh-huh. afternoon showtime with all these old people. And I loved it again. I just think that this movie... So you talked about Top Gun being the spectacle mm-hmm. that draws you to the movies. The crazy spectacle that is Elvis mm-hmm. 
the crazy spectacle of making a biopic that is a crazy spectacle like Elvis, that is what draws me to the mm-hmm. movies. It was crazy, and it knew, it, and Baz Luhrmann knew how crazy the story was and catered to that with like the whole um, Tom Hanks character that I'm blanking on his name. It's the Colonel. The Colonel. Yeah. And just like what it became was just this movie of like exactly where you really get to see Elvis grow into becoming Elvis, but uh-huh. also him having to deal with that. Uh-huh. And I think that that tension, even though Tom Hanks' character was kind of annoying as the movie kept progressing uh-huh. or just as like the movie was um, just kind of unfolding. But what I loved about the movie is that like the way the story was paced and the way it was timed really made you feel like you were moving along the story with Elvis and you mm-hmm. saw him coming to completion of his character. And sometimes with biopics, the big... I know. Like, one of my favorite biopics of all time is Through the Eyes of Tammy Faye. But, like, that is one of my favorite movies of all time, which is, like, silly. But, like, um, the the hard thing about that movie is that you see so much of Tammy Faye while she's Tammy Faye, Uh and then when she's not Tammy Faye. But you don't see much of how she rises to become Tammy Faye. Yeah. What Elvis does really well is that it paces those three sections of the story, Mm -hmm. the rise, the Mm -hmm. success, and the somewhat fall in very even time. And that makes the story feel complete. And so you're walking away from the movie and you're like, is it perfect? It's not. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying it's perfect. It's my number one because I thought I really connected with it and I really enjoyed the story. But, like, you're walking away from it going, this was a good movie because the story is complete for yeah. me so yeah your turn well folks this is a supersized episode so buckle up we're gonna jump rapid fire yeah. i think because i don't really have since we haven't seen these next movies we have a I lot coming out a lot, lot to look out. forward to i would and... also like to mention because i forgot earlier uh we haven't seen puss in boots the last wish yet and i have a strong feeling that might have made my top 10 at one point really? seen it before just because of all the good things i've heard um but anyways we're going to talk about our most anticipated movies of 2023 Kind of rapid fire, just because we can't have fully fleshed out thoughts on these since we haven't seen them. But a lot of great things are coming. Like, it was honestly hard for me to make this list, to narrow it down to ten. Um, but I think I have got it. So, my number ten is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Now, yeah, I was thinking about adding that to my list. So, Mission Impossible Fallout is actually the only Mission Impossible movie I've seen. I know. Don't get mad. Mm-hmm. But I saw it for Henry Cavill, and my family wanted to see it. Uh, but now I love the franchise, and in a post-Top Gun world, can Tom Cruise's newfound star power and built-in audience, a lot like mm-hmm. he ever lost it, but can that now, because the Mission Impossible movies have never made like above $700 million, and I think now that because of Top Gun Maverick, it can. Yeah. So Number 10 for me is Dune Part 2. Ooh. Because I liked Dune the first uh-huh. time, but also I need to watch it again. Cause I was, I, we're going to watch it. I was very confused. <laughs> and um, I think the whole time I was very stunned by the movie. Yeah. But honestly, like that was a movie where I literally had the screen and Wikipedia at the same <laughs> time going. Because I had to figure it's out. A, it's a dead story. I'm reading the book now. You're still reading it? Well, I didn't. I like kind of just started it over the Oh, time. I thought you started it. Anyway, no. another I'm hoping to have it done before we see part two. We'll see. It's thick. When does part two come out? November. Oh, come So on. we got time. Hopefully. It's a thick The master it's reader over here. Yeah. All right. 
So now, my number nine is the Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah. So I... I'm surprised that's number nine for you. I grew up on Mario. I love it. Um, Chris Pratt, we'll see. The jury is still out. However, really? the la- however Jack this. Black is Bowser. Oh my gosh. We're gonna love. Um, gonna love it. But honestly, what sold me on this movie that got me really excited is in the last trailer when they showed the Mario Kart part. Because like you, Mario Kart, oh, like that was just Mario Kart no. was my childhood. Well, it was in the daylight that they were doing that. I'm like, it has to be nighttime <laughs> when they ride on Rainbow Road. So I'm sorry. I, I think it's cool. Um, number nine, Indiana Jones. Ooh, okay. That was I, one I struggled. Yeah, I watched the Indiana Jones movies, uh-huh. um, like growing up. They're great, and they're really good. And I just think I'm anticipate a lot of the movies on my anticipated list. I don't think I will like at the end of the day. Yeah, they may but, not be good. Just, yeah, just because they're on this doesn't mean we'll think they'll. But I'm interested <laughs> to see this reboot because I yeah. think that they're really pulling straws. I'm like, yeah, do we'll we really see. need an Indiana Jones reboot? Is it just? I'm just nervous for Disney as a whole with their movies and their content that they're making and releasing because a lot of it just feels very much like it is just reaching for straws. They are just trying to reboot things to make more money. That's just me. When I know that they're they're good at creating original stories if they really tried. Yeah, it's true. So what I said. All right, my number eight, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So, so I actually just rewatched Christmas you really? Break all the Transformers movies. Did you? These are just except for the last night. I've only seen the last night once, um, because I didn't like it that much. I but the other the four, I love the other four. Um, and here's the thing: like Michael Bay, another movie that didn't we didn't mention at all, but we both liked is Ambulance. Michael Bay directed mm-hmm. that. Um, he just makes these crazy like metal clashing metal like giant robots fighting each other for Earth, and sometimes the military's in there. Yeah. Like, that's what his Transformers movies are. Um, and they're crazy. And sometimes it's very hard to see who's fighting who because of how he does it. Um, and so, but they're just fun. Like, I'm not looking for the creme de la creme of movies here. I just want to see robots fighting. Yeah. And so that's what those movies do. Um, this one, I love Bumblebee, too. Um, I do love Bumblebee. Bumblebee is a good movie. And I thought that was a cool new, like, soft reboot direction for the franchise. And it's a new director. Michael Bay is not doing this one. Um... And so I just think it's going to be really cool if they stay on the track that Bumblebee set up. Um, also, Transformers Beast Wars is a cartoon I grew up on. I loved it. And so I can't mm. wait to see the beasts yeah. in this one. The beasts. That's cute. <clears throat> Number eight, Megan. No, I'm just kidding. Fine. <laughs> Not Megan. I was just thinking about, about to see it. I was just thinking about the craziness that is that movie that I can't wait to talk about. Yeah. Soon. Number eight is Elemental from Pixar. Really? Because I am just, that's Pixar's second theatrical release since COVID. And I really hope, I'm hoping that they really learned their lesson from Lightyear. I doubt it. But I'm really interested because. Just because this was so far along that Lightyear came out. I know. I'm just interested. I think the trailer, the animation looks very different. And it looks very good. I think it looks like it has the potential to be good. I just think. I think at this point, people just know that like Disney yeah. movies are now hot in the air if it's not Frozen or something mm-hmm. mainstream that gets confirmed by the... like Disney, I think, needs to follow the advice that literally you were just kind of... Or the observation that you literally just said about Top Gun, where like, mm-hmm. you have both... Literally, at this point in the world that we live in with watching movies, and mm-hmm. if you want to be successful and create a movie that can relate to people, mm-hmm. you need to put apart 
look at there's two sides of people of the world are, yeah. are on if either like these left sides message, or these like right sides yeah. if you want to have a message let, let's boil that down to like yeah. where can you find that common ground yeah. and you have to make sure the movie is good enough to support itself exactly That's the thing, especially with strange world like they were trying to do all this representation but then the movie just wasn't good exactly so but it had so much room mm-hmm. to be good like there was that scene in the kitchen in Strange World where they were all dancing yeah. together. I'm like, that was fun. It could have been good. Yeah. But, like, when you think about all the representation they were pushing, it's just, like, this was to be wholesome because they're a happy yeah. family where they accept each other. And I'm like, that's great. That should yeah. be given already with family. Not yeah. that, should, that should not be something that we have yeah. to reach for. Anyway. All right. My number seven, The Clash of the Titans. Uh, but really? No, that's not a movie. If that's a movie that exists, that's not the movie I'm talking about. Oh, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's already a movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about this is the battle of the century right here. And I only put one of them on my list. And this is the one that I am going to want to see first. So mind you. Um, and that is Oppenheimer. No, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so Oppenheimer... I, I like Christopher Nolan. I mean, we just watched Interstellar recently. Dark Knight is one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies ever. Inception is amazing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I Tenet is confusing. But mm-hmm. regardless, like, Christopher Nolan, like, makes these cool blockbusters, but yeah. also still. And I just am so odd. When he got mad at Warner Brothers and left and, like, went shopping around, and, like, Universal is the one that lucked out, he went out and said, like, basically like who wants to make my next movie it's going to be oppenheimer it wasn't like he didn't come up with it after this person like he the people knew like what movie he was making next and people were like are they really wanting oppenheimer are they shopping for the next movie as well um but like there's a reason uh christopher nolan wanted to make oppenheimer and what did i tell you he said it over break um where I was like, Christopher Nolan's going to remake the atomic bomb because he wants to use practical effects. And he said he found a way to do something like that. I said, what did I tell you? Mm-hmm. He would actually like try to blow up Japan <laughs> to yeah. be authentic. It's going to be wild, and I just want to know what it is. And he's gone on to say now that like Killian Murphy and um, Robert Downey Jr. are two of the best actors he's ever worked with. And like mm-hmm. obviously Robert Downey Jr. is amazing. Yeah. But, like, we haven't seen him do much outside of Iron Man yeah. within the last, you know, decade. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see what he does yeah. with this, especially. Yeah. No, that's all good thoughts. Number seven, right? Mm-hmm. The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just very excited. All the little things that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. I think the has this the teaser trailer dropped? Just the teaser trailer. I, a new one is supposed to come out this month. I yeah, know. I thought that's what I thought I was hearing. No, I'm just really excited. I think it has the potential yeah. to be good, and I think... Um, um, so I think it just like has the potential to yeah. be like really good and very fun yeah. and enjoyable mm-hmm. and yeah, all that kind of all stuff. Right. But yeah, what's number my six number six? Dune part two. Is yeah. My number six. Yeah. Uh, I love the first Dune. I, I said, now this was before Avatar the way of water cause it was last year, but it's one of like that at the time was one of the most visually like appealing movies. Like it was mm-hmm. just one of the best looking movies I've ever seen. And that, it looked so practical. Um, and that a lot of it was, but not everything. Um, and I just thought it was really cool. I knew nothing about the franchise going forward. Now I'm reading the book because I want to know about it. And I, I think it's just going to be really cool. And I'm so glad that they greenlit part two, like post, you know, the HBO Max yeah. day and date. So I, I'm just really excited. And yeah. for Zendaya to be in the movie more than seven minutes. And also... 
Queen Florence, uh, Florence Pugh is going to be in this movie, and Austin Butler. They, so yep. they have both of them. I can't wait. It'll be very interesting. And Christopher I mean, Walken. Is I need to watch the first movie again because I was just yeah, so... Yeah, we will. All right. Number six, Ballad of the Songbirds, the Hunger Games um, prequel. Really? I'm so excited. Wow. I love, love Hunger Games the series. I love, love it. I love Catching Fire. I, wow. Yeah, I loved the series. I loved it so much. Yeah. And to bring it back in this way, I read the I read Ballad of the Songbirds, too. Really? You did? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a very interesting plot. It was good, but, like, it was just I was very surprised to hear that they're making it yeah. into a movie. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a very interesting movie with how they're going to cast people, yeah, what they're going to do. Yeah, Rachel Zegler, see what you got. Uh huh, and so I'm excited, and I'm excited to see the world again because it's a yeah, very interesting. It is. The story is very interesting. It is. Have you read the book? I have never read the books, but I've seen all the movies. But like, have I you haven't. Read, I don't you know, know anything, anything about, about the Songbirds. It's a very interesting story, and like the way that yeah. the just like the whole story of Snow himself is just very, yeah. very interesting. So yeah. I'm excited. My number five is John Wick Chapter Four. I love the John Wick That's tra- right. franchise. Yeah. Uh, I watched all three of the movies pretty much back to back to back in, what was it, 2019 when Chapter 3 came out? So Chapter 3 was in theaters. I heard such good things, and so I decided to watch John Wick and John Wick Chapter 2 yeah. like back to back, and then the next day went to go see Chapter 3 in theaters. Yeah. You know, they're some of the best action movies ever, and like yeah. have shown that like stunt work should be recognized more than yeah. it is. Um, and the way chapter three ended, I just cannot wait to see chapter four. The trailer looks like these are made for a relatively low budget, but to see how chapter three and chapter four, the looks of them have leveled up so much. Yeah. I just really, I cannot wait. And yeah. Keanu Reeves, he's great. He's amazing. Yeah. I've never seen the John Wick movie, so that'll be something we that we'll have to watch them. at least part three of you will watch them. some of them. I've never seen We them. have to watch all three because they all take place like pretty much within the same two day period. Like really? they're all interesting. connected like that. They're it's a very interesting back back. premise of a movie. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to watch yeah. and explore. Uh, My number five is Oppenheimer. Okay. Because once you told me that tea about how a real atomic bomb was built for this movie, I realized, oh, this is going to be one intense movie. And also, we when we recently watched Interstellar, I've seen it before, and I, I love have, it. Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie, and I loved it when I first uh-huh. saw it. Um, but I kind of realized, oh, Christopher Nolan can tell a story, mm-hmm. and so I'll be. I'm just interested for the story that he's gonna tell with this movie. Yeah. So anyway, my number four is The Little Mermaid. Oh, a little bit higher okay, there. A little so, bit higher. Ariel is my favorite Disney princess. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> she is. And so The Little Mermaid was my favorite animated like Disney movie as mm-hmm. a kid, and mm-hmm. I watched it all the time. Um. The Disney Renaissance, those live action movies have all been really good mm-hmm. and very successful. Like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, oh, yeah. Lion King. All although so I recently just rewatched the live action Lion King because it was on TV last night. Really? Um, I hate the live action Lion King actually. It's it's okay. Just because it it's be a, a carbon copy of the animated and but the but lions Pino- show Pinocchio. But the lions show no emotion, and so I'd rather yeah. just watch the animated movie. And so at least when you do these live-action remakes, add a little something new there. And totally. so I, I, that's what I like about Beauty and the Beast and Latin. They added some newer things. Um, and so I hope Little Mermaid does the same. The teaser trailer was enough to sell me. Halle Bailey sounds amazing. And so I cannot wait to yeah. see what I'm excited. Happens. I think so. When's it come out again? April? Uh, May. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Number four for me is Guardians. Mm, okay. 
I'm surprised you haven't talked about any Marvel movies yet, so I'm assuming that the rest of your list is all Marvel movies. Uh, in a way. So, Guardians, I was really impressed by the new trailer that released. Yeah. And I'm seeing just, like, with Ant-Man, Quantumanium, mm-hmm. with its runtime being right at two hours, I'm a little nervous. Did they release that? I didn't see that. Really? Okay, if you didn't see it, then maybe it's not true. I, I, don't, I haven't looked, so... Um, I'll look it up right now, and it's looking like that it is two hours even. Interesting. So with the runtime being at two hours makes me a little nervous, but Guardians I chose is because it looks like they are really going to tap into the story. It looks like um in the trailer for Guardians, it looks like they're gonna really tap into the story of all these characters and their kind of um just journey since every since like post Thanos. So I'm just really excited. I think I think it'll be like the, I think it'll be one of Marvel's better yeah. movies. Yeah. I really think it'll be really good. And, I, you know, I just love yeah. 80s movies. 80s music, so. Um, I'll, well, I'll talk about it when I get to it. My number three is Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? Or, yeah. <clears throat> so, I I loved the first movie. Oh, yeah, movie. We just, you're at number three now. Yeah. yeah. I loved the first movie. Um, the second one is okay. <laughs> yeah. But I just love the characters so much. They're so, like, they've kind of become a family with us too just as yeah that's what i'm saying together. i just thought think they're really great and that trailer oh that trailer it's was such so good. a good trailer when i watched that trailer the music works so well oh my like, gosh james yeah. gunn knows how to pick a soundtrack yeah and you know some people are saying that he's just gonna really phone it in because he's fallen on dc now but like i just don't believe it like James Gunn loves these characters, and he has created the modern versions of these characters that have made them so popular. And, like, so he loves the actors that play these characters. Like, they are all the cast, the characters, and James Gunn all together. They are a family. And I think he cares too much about these characters to let them fall and, like, make, like, foam in the final movie of the trilogy. And so I really think, like, something special is going to happen in this movie. I think it's going to be incredibly sad, too. But, but I think it's going to be a good payout. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited. Number three, yeah, Super yeah. Mario Bros. Oh, okay. Hi. Up. I am so excited for some good animated movies this yes. year. Yes, because we didn't I am, get many. I am using prophecy <laughs> to just project into 2023 that this is the year of animation. <laughs> We're going to get some really good animation movies because the only good animated movie in 2022 was debatable, Turning Red. I like Turning Red. Like, I love Turning Red. I liked Pinocchio, too. I thought that was... Not that wasn't even animated, though. The Guillermo del Toro. Kind of. Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. The, um, I thought you were talking about Disney's yeah. live action. I'm like, we don't talk about it. Apparently, Puss in Boots is good, too. But, like, I wish that came out in the summer, but yeah, I think... It is, yeah. Anyway, I'm just excited for this movie. Yeah. Just like you, yeah. I played the game a lot, the games a lot as a yeah. kid growing up, and mm-hmm. I'm just, like, super pumped to mm-hmm. revisit that world, and just, I think they're gonna... From what I'm seeing in the trailer... Yeah, will Chris Pratt be the best Mario? Probably not. And that's okay. Like, could anyone be yeah. the best Mario? And do you also want the super high-pitched Mario yeah, that's voice the thing. to be talking do you throughout listen? the whole yeah, movie? Like, do you want to hear that for two hours? I, get I don't that. think yeah. you do. I think it'll be like a one-and-a-half-hour, one-hour, 45-minute yeah. movie. Like, I think it's going to be like, you don't want that voice yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. Anyway, that's my two cents. All right. My number two is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh. Speaking of animation, I do think it'll be a good year for animation. Uh, I watched Into the Spider-Verse in theaters um, mm-hmm. very late. It was weeks after uh-huh. it had been theaters. I was not rushing to get to this. Um, 
and I actually showed up late to the screening, and so I missed the first couple minutes, yeah. just because how uninterested I was. Yeah. And when I watched it, I thought it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then it won Best Animated Feature, and I was like, well, maybe it is pretty That's good. so good. And so I decided to rewatch it when it hit Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my gosh, it really is such a good movie. Yeah. Um, the animation style is so, that was like the most different animation style that we've ever gotten up until oh, that yeah. point. Yeah. And that's the reason I believe it should have won Best Animated Feature. So this sequel is highly anticipated for me because of how much I love the first one and I can't wait to see more of these characters. Yeah. Uh, the characters that I know are going to show up in it, like even the background Spider-Man that they're going to put in there. Like, the spectacular Spider-Man is showing up in this, and that is one of my favorite yeah. Spider-Man cartoons ever. Yeah. So, I'm really excited. All right. Number my two. number two... That was your number two, right? Yep. Is uh, Barbie. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. I just think that the... the so, we saw the uh, teaser trailer, like, the opening night of Avatar. Yeah. And I just think that it's a movie that is going to not take itself seriously. Uh-huh. And I just think, like... It just looks fun. I think it's going to be yeah. your summer flick that is just, is like average, but it's just in I'm the summer. Interested. It's in the summer. It's this Barbie story. We all know what Barbie is, yeah. but like they're going to take that and they're going to run with it. And yeah. I think it's going to be so fun. And I just think like it's going to be a time in the theater to simply have fun and laugh. I think it will be fun, but I'm also interested, like, I don't believe Greta Gerwig just made a Barbie movie. That's what I'm saying. I think there's going to be a lot like, to it that we don't be expect. There's something in there. Like, Greta Gerwig, like, who directed my favorite version of Little Women, a movie yeah. I love. Yeah. Like, she doesn't just make a Barbie movie. And so like, I'm intrigued. That's why I'm in- it's anticipated, because, like, I think it's going to be a lot more than that just Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Number right. one. What is your most anticipated movie My number one is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Really? Yes. And so... We have just gotten a new trailer that we haven't watched yet. As soon as this is over, we're going to go watch it. Yeah. Um, and I just, Marvel had a rough year last year. Uh, had some a, hits. A had rough some phase four. Misses. We've talked about phase four in another yeah. episode. Um, and that's because it had a lack of direction. Yeah. And I think now, we now know, like, Kang is the end game, no pun intended there, because of the Kang dynasty. Yeah. And he's being officially introduced in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Quantum Media. And I did see it is two hour runtime, two hour and five minutes or something like that. Um, I will say some of the earlier Marvel movies don't have like a longer runtime than like two hours and fourteen minutes. Are you trying to just tell himself that's gonna be No, okay? no. <laughs> but I will say this. Give the movie the runtime it needs to tell the story it's trying to tell. I'm just hoping that with all they're trying to pack in, that's the that thing. It can. Like, can it do that? Like one of the biggest problems with Thor Love and Thunder. Was Which is that, kind of a fun movie still. Which is that it was trying to tell so much and they shaved it down to two hours. Mm-hmm. And like you just, so so much got left on the cutting room floor. And so I am anticipating this because of Kang. Yeah. Because I love Paul Rudd so much as Ant-Man. Uh, I think this will set the stage. Like uh, Peyton Reed, who's the director, uh, he directed the first two movies as well, um, said like, Ant-Man in the past has really been a palate cleanser kind of thing after Avenger movies. That's what it was for. And so it's meant to be happy and fun and all that. Well, this is the first time an Ant-Man movie is kicking off a phase instead of ending it. And so he was like, I wanted to make a main course Mm -hmm. type of movie. And so I think they're 
should be some heavy things. I still think it will be wacky and crazy because that's what Ant-Man is. But I think there's something yeah. in here like Kang is going to be shown as a threat. Yeah. And so I really hope like this movie shows us the direction we're going in. It doesn't have to tell us all the pieces or all that, but we at least see like from this movie, here's Kang, and now we know what he's doing so we can see to the Kang Dynasty. What's your number one? Oh, that was that was good stuff. I'm excited. <laughs> it's just coming up. Yeah, it's, it's coming up month. soon. Very soon. We're gonna do a Marvel ranking before then too. Oh, Ethan! All these ideas that you no, have. No, we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do it. <laughs> um, my top anticipated movie is Spider Verse. Really? Oh, I love Spider Verse. I was not expecting that. I know. I know. You kept that a secret. Kept that a secret. I love Spider Verse. It was a movie just. I had a very similar reaction to uh-huh. you. I watched it the first time and I was like, mm, "This is pretty good." And then I remember watching it a second time after it got all that buzz, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is actually a really good story, and the animation is just super mm-hmm. beautiful, and just, like, it was a fun story. And so I think I think what is so good about that movie is just, like, I think um, how you can really just, you, it's a likable character, and you're just invested in the character, and you're just invested in wanting mm-hmm. to know more about him. And so I'm excited to see this story continue. Because the animation is beautiful, the music will probably be just as fun too. I think so, yeah. And I think it's gonna be a movie that like it's a movie that I'm just anticipating because no one is like guessing about the hype. No one yeah. is like saying like, Oh, I'm not wor- I'm like worried that it's not gonna be as good as the first. Like, no, yeah. everyone has is under the assumption that like, oh, it's gonna be just as good as the first, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's interesting to me because usually there's speculation about a sequel to movies yeah. like that. But like when it was slated that they have two parts left to tell the story yeah. i think that's when people are like oh like if they made the first story that good this movie's yeah. gonna be great so i'm excited yeah so a lot of good things coming up a lot of good things coming up a lot of great things to close the door on like we're never gonna talk about cannibalism on this podcast again Thank God. and we're never gonna talk about buzz lightyear on this <laughs> podcast again <laughs> we'll see but we're always gonna be mentioning some elvis and some top gun maverick <laughs> Yes, but yeah, so, a lot of good things to look forward to. Let us know Can't what wait. your favorite movie of 2022 was, or yeah. if you agree, or if you if Elvis was your top movie, or <laughs> Top Gun Maverick was your top. Bye. Movie. But yeah, buckle right. up, it's gonna be yeah. a year. Well, thank you for listening to this super long episode. Super long. Uh, and we will have some more episodes coming up soon, maybe with some twists. And I will leave that. With some there. twists, Ethan. Done, done. You're going to leave him on that now? I will. We'll see you guys soon. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.